the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed. That is exactly what... Nine minutes after 10 o'clock on this Monday, this post-Super Bowl Monday, it's the third morning of the second month of the year of our Lord, 2020. There are going to be closing arguments made today in the impeachment trial of the President of the United States. There will be an acquittal and an exoneration of the President on Wednesday. And that calls for exoneration parties all over America. We're going to talk about that coming up in just a few. Also... We're going to talk about congressional races. You do understand how important it is for the Republicans to take the House back. Uh, now, what, nine months from now, to take the House back. It is imperative that we do so. One of the seats uh, that has been held for a very, very, very long time by a Democrat, Marcy Kaptur, in the 9th Congressional uh, District, um, it would be great to flip. Uh, but it's very hard. She has been the immovable object. She's like a brick wall. Nobody can penetrate that, uh, that district. And, uh, Marcy Kapner, Kapter is, uh, gonna be facing a Republican challenger, likely to be Rob Weber. And Rob Weber, uh, who of course is gonna be in the primary on March 17th, will join us in a half an hour. He'll join us at about 1035 to talk about what he has to do and will do and what his vision is to defeat Marcy Kapter. We're also talking about, uh, the halftime show yesterday. And whether or not it was a glorious tribute to athleticism and dance, or if it was essentially a softcore pornography show in front of 100 million people, including millions of children. Uh, watching the most watched event, literally 100 million people is the expected number. Uh, the most watched event, highest rated event in uh, television every single year is the Super Bowl. Was it appropriate to have uh, essentially... Uh, stripper performances, uh, by, uh, barely covered women, uh, who made a point of turning away from the camera to show the world their derrieres, uh, shaking and jiggling as many times as they could during a show. And then, does the Me Too left 
And do the feminists, the, hey, don't objectify us, don't treat us as sexual objects, you should treat us as, as uh, you know, well-rounded people, uh, not just as sexual objects, are they going to condemn this show? Because they essentially on stage yesterday said, no, treat us like sex objects, please, look at our butts. You got to love this, don't you? Here, let me shake it some more. Is it okay? I'm not going to condemn. I'm asking the question. Is it appropriate? And uh, are are women going to um, condemn uh, that uh, step backward, perhaps, that has been taken as they try to take steps forward into stopping people from sexually objectifying them? Uh, does an intentional, intentionally sexualized show to kind of take a step backward in that effort? Uh, let's go to Lenore, who's calling us from I don't know where. Uh, Lenore, but you are now on the air on AM 1420, The Answer. Where are you calling from, Lenore? Good morning, Bob. Ohio. Just going to say uh, Ohio. Okay, that's it. That's... Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> that's um, all right. I'm, first, I, I find quite disingenuous all the people who are calling in and saying, oops, J-Lo was inappropriate, and I accidentally watched part of it before I decided <laughs> to turn it off. Come on. The commercials alone were the first clue that it was not going to be a, appropriate at all, not to mention the fact if we all think back two or three decades to her see-through dress that I even accidentally saw on a commercial where I had a chance to turn it off um, at an awards show. I mean, the lady has made that choice to intentionally and voluntarily objectify herself and traffic herself in exchange for money and fame her entire career. And that is the problem with Hollywood and all of this. It's just, it is the objectification of women it is the trafficking of women and unfortunately far too many of them are willing to do so for the almighty dollar or their 15 or 50 years of fame as it is and it's sickening because that does not help the women and even sadly children being trafficked involuntarily in this world because we're perpetuating the visual the visual and we all know most men are visual the visual stimulation of men, stimulation of men, and what does that lead to? I mean, it's just sickening. And I think this is where feminists do fall short because they're all about everybody's equal and we need to protect women and all that, but they will not speak up against this subject and they will not speak up against all the women victimized through abortion. And that is sickening to me. It is sickening to me. We see women on certain net- networks, even the anchors for quote-unquote news, bearing their cleavage, and you just want to say, why are you doing that? You're selling your body in exchange for ratings. Stop it. Zip up your shirt and show us your brain. Well, Lenore, I appreciate... fire. No, you are. I want to say one more thing. I I respect the passion. Go ahead. What, What else? I want to say one more thing. If you use as a marker for your life, if we all use as a marker for our life, the fact that we're not good enough, or righteous enough to speak up with truth, no one will ever speak up for truth. Because the truth is, Jesus is the only one who is righteous, okay? And God expects all of us who are unrighteous to speak up about truth. And with you having the huge microphone that you have, you shouldn't ride the fence on this, Bob. You should speak up. You'll never be good enough to speak up, nor will I. But somebody has to. And riding the fence is just lukewarm living. I appreciate it, Lenore. Thank you. You are indeed bringing fire this morning. Thank you for the call. I appreciate it. Let me say this. Um, 
I'm not going to condemn people who watched it in order to then condemn it. Uh, I do get your point. You said if you saw the previews or the commercials or if you just know who J-Lo and Shakira are, you knew they were going to be pretty much next to naked um, and, and doing a show like this. So you didn't have to see it to condemn it. I would probably disagree with that part only because you, you can't you can't go on a Monday morning radio show and say, can you believe how terribly sexualized that show was yesterday? I heard it was terrible. I heard it was this. I heard it was that. You really can't. You know, uh, you, you kind of have to see it in order to be able to speak on it. Maybe you would have been surprised. I would dare say, this is 100% speculative, but I'm, I feel pretty confident in saying this. There are probably some people who didn't know what to expect, who watched it, and who were not as concerned about the bare butts and the shaking and the, the stripper pole hanging and so on and so forth, uh, so forth as they were the spectacle of the massive performance. They may have just been like, you know what, focus on her butt if you want, but look at it from a big picture. And when you do, when they did those like zoom-out shots of the entirety, how many dancers did they have? Three, four dozen dancers behind them, all in unison. Uh, for a moment, I thought I was watching America's Got Talent. There's an America's Got Talent, a few acts on that show that are, uh, you know, uh, synchronized dancers who are just incredible with their athleticism. They blow There's this one group, and I can't remember what they're called, but they're, there's probably about three dozen or so. They're, they're, they're young people. I don't want to call them all kids. Some look like they're maybe in their young, tw- early twenties or something, but they're, they're from India. They're this Indian dance troupe that is, their athleticism is just remarkable to watch. And their fact that they're so perfectly in sync. It's very entertaining. It really is. There were portions of that halftime show that I promise you, some people said, forget about the sexualization. Did you see the dancing? Did you see the show? Did you hear the music that went with it? It was a big spectacle for the eyes beyond the sexualization part. And I was really impressed by that. That's what some people may say. Um, so to me, I don't think it's wrong to have watched it before you can decide to condemn it. Uh, I think you need to see what there was to see and then decide how you felt about it. For me, I did take a little bit of both away from it. I'm just being 100% real with you. I thought that dancing as a show the massive you know troop of dancers that were on that stage um it, it reminded me of agt and i was entertained by it big picture um but i also well i've already expressed kind of what i felt about how this this appeals to people and um the fact that they did they they took a step back in the uh respect for women that is supposed to be a part of the quote unquote women's movement these women voluntarily said look at me as a sex object i'm not showing you my naked butt because i want you to know what i think of the news i'm not showing you my naked butt because i want you to think of me as an intellectual being i'm showing you my naked butt because i want you to desire my naked butt that's bottom line what what they did sexualize me objectify me and if that does lead to some of the things that lenore was talking about then that obviously should be called out but i'm trying to be real with you there's a there is an artistic and athletic point of view that was a part of that show yesterday but there was clearly a sexual point of view that didn't need to be there i don't think in front of 100 million viewers uh on uh, on television diane is calling us from bay village next hi diane you're on the air go ahead hi bob uh, I agree with you about that halftime show. It was horrible, soft porn. It looked like the insane asylum had been left out. 
to clomp around on the stage, including J-Lo and Shakira or whatever her name is. I didn't find the music or anything entertaining. And I also thought the commercials were horrible. After the Budweiser commercial for Seltzer, I turned it off because people, the majority of people in this country, I do believe, look forward to seeing those Clydesdales. And for Budweiser to not put the Clydesdales on, maybe they did later on in the evening. I don't know. I didn't watch it anymore. I thought it was terrible. And you I must... Good. No, I was just going to say the people that are writing these commercials uh, must be from the uh, holdovers from, uh, uh, oh gosh, what was that horrible uh, drug festival in the 60s? Oh, Woodstock. Woodstock. <laughs> yeah. So well, I, I, I will say this. I will say this in response. Nancy, thanks. Uh, or Diane, I beg your pardon. Diane, thank you for the yeah. phone call. I would say this in response. Um, I didn't see all the commercials. As I said, I missed the entire first half of the game and most of the halftime show. That's why I had to rewatch the halftime show. Or I didn't have to, but my wife loves the dancing, and so we watched it. And when we got home, we had to rewind. Anyway, uh, I didn't see all the commercials. I saw a few of them in online uh, as people rated them, etc., I thought President Trump's commercial about Alice Johnson, uh, the woman that he uh, freed after 20-some years in prison for her drug uh, offenses, uh, talking about how only President Trump would give her a second chance at life. It was a part of his criminal justice reform and his reach out to try to bring equity to the criminal justice system. I thought that was very powerful. I thought the Bill Murray Groundhog Day commercial was really funny. Um Trying to remember the the parking the car with the Boston accents one, you know, uh, park the car over and over again about the self parking Hyundai. That was pretty good, but those are the only ones I think I saw that stood out to me. I don't know that I would say other ones were awful or 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 great. It just uh, kind of nondescript, I suppose. Maybe I should have watched the first half of the game uh, in order to get a feel for that. But as far as the halftime show, as I said, there there was an element to it that certainly will appeal to the artistic among us and the artistic fans because the dancing was phenomenal and that is art but i wouldn't call it clomping around on the stage either i would disagree with that they were very incredibly graceful and talented but they could have been graceful and talented and amazingly um artistic without turning it into a softcore porn show uh which is what the stripper pole and uh, some of the outfits kind of reminded us of all right uh right back after this on am 1420 the answer Ten twenty-five onward, we continue on AM fourteen twenty. Answer. I have to tell you, I really wanted to get into the impeachment stuff and Adam Schiff yesterday lying to the American people on television uh, about uh, senators on the Republican side agreeing that with they that they proved their case, but still not agreeing to have witnesses. That yada yada yada. But boy, this halftime show uh, <laughs> is just uh, got people fired up. People are ready to go. So let's continue. We'll go next to TJ. Uh, TJ, you're on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. Go ahead. Yeah, hi, Bob. Hello? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. Go ahead, TJ. You know, Bob, uh, something I was aware of just recently about the uh, national anthem that night Francis Scott Key wrote it, and I don't think most people are aware of this. You know, the British commander was obsessed with taking that flag down. He uh, pretty much focused all his cannon fire on that flag. And through the course of the night, the flagpole was leaning almost to where it fell, but it never fell. In the morning, they found out why that flagpole never went down. At the base of the flag were the bodies of dozens of patriots that died 
keeping that 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 pole upright. Uh, you know, when I hear it now, I I think of it a lot different than I ever did in the past. You know, I mean, it's an amazing, and like I said, most Americans were never aware of that happened that night, including myself. I I did not know that either, TJ. That's um that's an amazing thing to think about. Um, so so who stacked them there? You're saying that living that, they, soldiers they stacked killed. the dead up against? No, I know no, they were they were killed trying to hold. Uh, oh, know, they were holding apart. it up and they were killed in yes. the process. Okay, oh, yes, gotcha. They were going to gotcha. make sure that that flag was not coming down, and in the process, they were you know they were killed, and their bodies you know stacked around it is actually what held it up, you know, uh, under that uh, horrendous bombardment that the night. Defense of, uh, the defense of Fort McHenry doesn't need anything else to really um, uh, make people understand and appreciate the, the, the national anthem, the Star-Spangled Banner for what it is, but you did just add to it. I didn't need, I didn't need that to add to it, but you just did. That's an amazing story I, did, I was not aware of, and I appreciate you sharing it. <laughs> Thank you, TJ. Uh, let's get in one more call or two before the bottom of the hour, and we get to uh, Rob Weber, who is a candidate for the 9th Congressional District. He wants to take on Marcy Captor and uh, turn that blue seat that has been blue for so long red. Uh, but let's go now to Bainbridge. Ted on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Ted. Go ahead. Yeah, Bob. How are yes, you sir. today? I'm good, Ted. Um, What's on your mind? I got to get out. That's better. There you um, go. That, that uniform that she was wearing, it was a full body suit. It was really uh, uh body color yeah well uh, well i wouldn't call it body color no it was it was see-through it was see-through it was material there but it was like see-through material and then obviously the parts that needed to be covered for the sake of television that was not i look really i look really close did you really (laughs) (laughs) i did i did not i uh I just saw what I saw, and I saw, you know, essentially naked uh, nakedness uh, with a thin sheer layer over it, so that it could still be seen as nakedness. Either way, yeah, it was, uh, yeah. E- either way, it was pretty clear what the intent was. It wasn't to hide the body; it was to show her body. As far as Adam Schiff, he's going to continue to do what he did, and the rest of the Democratic Party. You want to know what's They're a little gonna... bit frightening, though? Hey, hey, Ted, you want to know what's a little bit frightening? He's what's not just going to do what he does where he is. Democrats are starting to draft him to be a future president. Now it's too late in this cycle, but in 2024, he has he has endeared. But shockingly, his his lies and his 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 collusionary efforts to deprive Donald Trump of due process and all the rest has him has made him a folk hero among Democrats. They want him to be, to be president in 2024. Can you believe that? I cannot believe that, Bob. I. That that gives me goosebumps right now. Listen, have a blessed day, and I. You too. You you too. Thank you, Ted. I'm, I can't see that guy. I was watching him on, uh, what was it, Face the Nation or whatever yesterday. I, I cannot watch that guy without trying to figure out. You ever. It's going to sound strange. You know how newborn babies can't hold their heads up yet? Their neck muscles aren't developed enough, and if you try to prop them up, their head just flops to the side and lays on their shoulder. I, I don't have any idea how Adam Schiff's neck can hold up his head. <laughs> I'm just, President Trump called him pencil neck, and maybe that's why I focused it. But if you look at his teeny tiny little skinny head, or neck, I should say, and his great big uh, Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade balloon-sized head, I don't understand how that thing doesn't just fall over. Uh, it's it's so weird to look at that guy, but it's even worse to listen to him. And what he said yesterday, lying about uh, Republican senators, saying that he proved his case, and they're just not voting for witnesses because they're trying to support the president, 
he's just flat out lying. He's Baghdad Bob. He's making news up. He is pretending because he's losing the war. He's pretending to have won the war. It's just what Baghdad Bob did when we invaded uh, Iraq in 2003. All right, let me get a timeout now. If you're on hold, I'm going to ask uh, you to stay there. I'm going to beg your indulgence here because we are going to talk to Rob Weber, candidate for Congress, coming up at AM 1420, The Answer. Ten thirty-five. As we continue now on AM fourteen twenty, the answer. Let me do the math here. Uh, carry the one. Twenty-five minutes of outstanding, awesome left for you in this broadcast. We got Mike Gallagher coming up at eleven, or excuse me, uh, yeah, at eleven. Then you're going to have Dennis Prager at noon. You will have Doctor G, America First, coming up at um, three this afternoon. Listen to Jay Sekula live, and then of course the Sage Larry Elder. Um, by the way, Congressman Jim Jordan, who normally joins us on Mondays, I told you he was unavailable today and had to move to later in the week. I just got confirmation that will be Thursday, 9.35, so make sure you are listening for Congressman Jordan. And now I want to pivot to a guy who would like to be called Congressman sometime after this November. And, uh, boy, if he could pull that off, uh, I would be eternally grateful, because then we would never have to call Marcy Kaptur Congressman again. Uh, joining us now is Rob Weber, who is a candidate for the 9th Congressional District uh, representative position. He's got to win a primary on March 17th against some other Republicans first. Rob Weber. It says here he was born and raised in Northeast Ohio. It further says he was blessed to have attended a church-based schooling where he developed an, an, and internalized a faith, moral, ethical, and devotion to service foundation culminating, culminating in graduating from Walsh Jesuit High School. Good school, by the way. Was selected to attend and graduated from U.S. Military Academy at West Point where he majored in environmental engineering, and upon graduating from there, he served in active duty in the United States Army for five more years as an armor tank officer, attaining the rank of captain. He also earned an MBA from the University of Louisville. It's an impressive set of credentials. Let's bring Rob Weber to the program. Now on AM 1420, The Answer. Mr. Weber, good morning. How are you, sir? Good morning, Mr. France and to listeners. It's a very honor to be on this show. Thank you. Well, it's it's great to have you, boy. I was looking at your bio before, and I said, "Okay, this <laughs> you've done a little bit of everything." For goodness' sakes, I didn't even mention you being a trial lawyer as well. Why does somebody with as many wide variety, uh, such a wide variety of service and professional success and opportunities, want to get into politics? Why do you want to be the uh, congressional representative for the ninth district? Because I feel that our country needs good leadership, and this is a critical juncture. I believe it started in 2016 with our great President Trump winning that election, but we have a lot more work to do. I do believe that my diverse background, both military as well as the engineering and business and law helping regular people, makes me, frankly, uh, an ideal candidate uh, to do this job. And it's part of my uh, values, my faith-based service to others, values that I was raised with, and military of service to country, a lifetime. The purpose uh, mission statement of West Point is uh, develop leaders uh, who will do a lifetime of service to country, and I am following that calling. I love that answer. I love the idea of more veterans getting into uh, elected office, particularly if they came from West Point or Annapolis. Um, uh, there's a, it's a special breed, a uh, special cut of man or woman that uh, would come through there. So I, I really do like that, that idea. Um, 
Tell me uh, what you know of the swamp, because, you know, when I talked to Anthony Gonzalez, who's a freshman, of course, as you know, 16th Congressional District Representative. He took uh, that job when Jim Renacci vacated it, and he won the election. Uh, but I talked to him, I asked him, said, you know, do you know what you're diving into if you really want to get to D.C.? Do you know what the swamp is all about? And we talked about, um, you know, going along to get along and et cetera, et cetera, and all of the things that you have to uh, have to deal with what do you know of washington dc and the inner workings of congressional politics and does that dissuade you at all uh rob because um it's it can be a very intimidating thing even if somebody has the most noble of intentions and the most wonderful of credentials that you do i am prepared uh for what this process is going to be i learned a little bit of it while i was running for state rep uh, on a much lesser scale i am prepared i have a lot of uh, my West Point classmates year group just completed about four years ago their 20th uh, year of service, and now we're approaching our 25th. Many of my uh, classmates, comrades, um, brothers for life are in Washington, D.C., uh, on the good side of things, trying to clean up uh, the corruption that is in there. Um, I am, frankly, an anti-corruption candidate. I feel like we must put an end to this deeply embedded culture of crony capitalism and no more foreign aid without accountability, uh, which end, what ends up happening is the foreign aid ends up back in campaign accounts. Uh, so I, I am all about this cleaning up of corruption and draining the swamp. We are talking with Rob Weber. He's a Republican running for the 9th uh, Congressional District uh, 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 position. He's going to have to face a few Republican challengers on March 17th in order to be able to get a, an opportunity at Marcy Captor in November. She has been essentially an immovable object. Um, it's going to take an irresistible force, you know, the, the old uh, adage. To, to be able to, 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 to knock her down and to, to take that seat that she has held for so long and done so little with, in my opinion, to help the American people, uh, not the least of which would be those in her district. Um, it's, she's almost impossible to beat. Um, what do you know of her and why did you decide this was the target for you? She's been there for a long time which uh, 38 years, and she's in her mid-70s in age, and I believe that she is a perfect poster child illustration for what is wrong with Congress and our government. I do not think our founding fathers ever envisioned uh, a political leader staying in the same particular office for 38 years, turning it into a career. Uh, That's one reason why I'm doing this. Uh, I live in the North Coast area. So this region is particularly uh, close to home for me and the issues that are involved. Um, you know, a message that I have is uh, why I'm doing this is politely and humbly stated, I believe that I am the first truly viable candidate on the conservative side that this district has seen in many, many years. Uh, and I'm putting myself out there to not only uh, do well, uh, but this is a winnable district. And we're going to, if I'm blessed to come out of the primary, uh, look to some of the communities of the independent voter, um, the walkaway community, and try to convince those folks, which is happening nationwide, these movements, to uh, rethink their lifelong sort of blind voting Democrats and start voting for people that are actually going to take care of them. Rob Weber is our guest. He's a candidate for the 9th Congressional District. Um, To win... 
you know, and beat Marcy Captor, you're going to have to go out to her territory. Um, you know, she's Lucas County, uh, uh, you know, origins, and that's where she lives. And, of course, the whole district was redrawn uh, when uh, Dennis Kucinich got pushed, pushed out and hers expanded over here to northeast Ohio as well. Uh, Lucas County, I, I used to do radio in Lucas County in, in Toledo, um, Extra- very similar to Cleveland in in how blue it is, how Democrat it is. Uh, the numbers are are staggering in terms of the opposition to anything rep- Republican or conservative. How do you go up there and challenge a a blue blood, if you will, in Lucas County politics? How, how, how you convince people to turn away from her? Sure, Mr. France. Uh, again, presuming or hoping that I am blessed and come out of this primary, uh, which again I believe that uh, the the mainstream Republicans. The more Tea Party-focused conservatives, I believe we all need to unite behind my campaign because I am the only candidate that can go and do what we're trying to do here. But focusing on the Toledo demographic post-primary, um, I believe there are communities there that are underserved and underrepresented. Uh, the Democrat the machine talks to these people, but then their actions show completely otherwise. An example is uh, there's many as you're well aware, union workers in all different industries, of course, the auto industry throughout the greater Toledo area, Owens Corning, and many other manufacturing-style businesses. Uh, But, you know, and here's an example. Nancy Pelosi sits on the USMCA all year long. Marcy Kaptur, the USMCA, the new trade deal that eliminated Mm -hmm. NAFTA, that 90% of the Democrats, 90% of the Democrat voters supported which means the union workers supported it. Why did Marcy Kaptur vote no on USMCA? I think that's an inroad that I can make of actually communicating with people that are sort of, people call them Reagan Democrats or Blue Dog Democrats, of to try to get them to assess who is really going to take care of their needs and promote agendas that are supportive of this North Coast region. I think that's a great point, and, and it kind of leads into what my next question was going to be, and that is, how do you see Rob Weber, again, as a, you know, a first-timer getting into this foray of, con- of congressional politics, how do you see the role of a, of a congressional representative uh, in terms of what percentage of your attention and efforts must be on the specific district you represent for those particular constituents versus bigger picture i'm one of 435 members of the house that will decide legislation that will affect not just the people in my district but the entire country like the usmca for example like a whole host of other things uh related to the uh, political warfare we're involved in now as they tried to impeach and remove the president of the united states uh, how how will you balance what the people of the ninth need versus what the people of the country are counting on you to do with one exception that I'll address here in a second, I believe that the ninth district, the region a congressman represents, should by far be his or her priority. And I think, sadly, that is not the case. Most congressmen sell out to big interests. Um, I am pro-Ohio. I am pro the ninth district, the north coast of Ohio. Um, I will not put the economic interests of the east and west coasts ahead of northern Ohio. And again, many congressmen do. Uh, the exception being, when it comes to national security and national defense, I believe in those topics and related topics that a congressman has a duty to what's in the well-being of the United States of America. 
Short of that, I believe a congressman's focus, duties, obligations are to his district. I view myself as a leader, as a voice for the North Coast, an advocate, a compassionate listener to the people. Um, that, that's, that's where I see it, and I think the focus should be local, uh, with the exception of national defense. I was looking at the uh, performance of the 9th Congressional District in terms of votes for president, and going back to the 2000 race, Al Gore 55, Bush 41, Kerry 58, Bush 42, Obama 66, McCain 31, Obama 67, Romney 30, and Hillary in 2016, 58, uh, Donald Trump 36. When I mentioned that Lucas County would be an uphill fight, I, I probably understated it because the entirety of the district looks extremely dedicated to Democrats uh, in terms of the presidential race and obviously in Marcy Captor's race as well. The, uh, the, the mountain is before you is enormous. How do you scale it? Uh, I know it's going to take money. Uh, <laughs> uh, how do you how do you scale it when you look at the when you look at the numbers that I just gave you uh, and realize that's uh, that's the, the the district you're going to try to win. Different points to make on that. First off, as you had stated, that district was set up uh, by Republicans to mm-hmm. eliminate either Dennis Kucinich or Marcy Kaptur, and uh, Marcy Kaptur uh, emerged in that. Uh, I am against the gerrymander districts. I think districts should be drawn to make more sense for what it's worth. The definition of makes more sense varies in a lot of different ways. Indeed. Uh, President Trump in this district, uh, you know, didn't do as well as he did in other blue districts like Tim Ryan's out in Youngstown. Mm-hmm. But he, our president is gaining momentum. His numbers are going to swing more favorably. Uh, which means the numbers for the congressional candidate will swing. Also, again, as I have stated, uh, humbly and, and with utmost of respect to the community, I am the first Republican candidate to give the people a choice. And that means Republican people, that means independents, and that means Democrats who have kind of figured out that their party has turned into a socialist monstrosity. And I know these good, hard-working union folks aren't buying into the socialists, give their money away to everybody else's ideals. But they they never had a choice before. Um, And so I'm giving them that very viable alternative. And I will talk and listen to all people. It doesn't cost me a penny to listen to someone. I don't care what your background is, what your race is, uh, what your religion is, uh, any of your preferences that you may have. I want to represent all people in this district uh, Democrats, independents, um, people walking away, not just conservatives. With that, I, I have to raise a lot of money. Um, I'm new on the scene, so I'm trying to get my name out. That's robweberforcongress.com. The other way is my name is new, but a really easy way to remember me. West Point Weber. I'm the West Point candidate. Uh, my Twitter handle is at West Point Weber. And I think that's an easy phrase for everybody to remember who I am and what I'm about. I like that. I like that. That's great. That is a really great branding as well, because people should know. Like, I know there are a lot of people like me. There are a lot of Republicans and conservatives like me who believe, as I said, in that uh, not just those who went through West Point or Annapolis, but, but you know, just veterans at all should get involved in uh, in service because you have a very unique perspective on things. But especially those who do come through, as you did, uh, tell everybody, absolutely, West Point Weber. I like that. Last thing before you go, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about what the whole nation has been transfixed by for the last 
last couple of months, and that is this attempt by the Democrats to stage what I believe to be a coup d'etat. I won't put those words in your mouth, but a soft coup to remove the president. They made up a crime that didn't exist. They couldn't even name a crime when they put articles of impeachment together in order to try to remove the president from office. I watch it every day because it's what I do. You're campaigning, so I don't know how much you're able to watch of this. But based on that, if you were a member of this Congress... Uh, what's your view on what just took place in the House? And now, of course, we're going to have the acquittal vote on Wednesday. It is obviously pure politics. It's, it's a political operation to adversely affect or an attempt uh, to adversely affect President Trump's re-election abilities in this coming fall in November. Obviously, there's no basis for uh, the investigation, the impeachment itself. Frankly, what it also is, is you're right, it, it is a, it's a, I guess the term would be a soft coup. Um, it, it's hard to explain to uh, all of the voter demographic, and particularly people that are switching and walking away from Democrats. Uh, but, but that is what's happening. This is a coup. Um, but uh, with that being said, what they really are doing is covering up their own actions and activities. Uh, if you go look into the famous video of Joe Biden uh, <laughs> arrogantly boasting about his withholding of the billion dollars of aid uh, until that prosecutor gets fired, I'm the, my plane leaves in six hours, and he arrogantly and proudly boasts that, you know, and sure enough, prosecutor got fired. This is really just a big smoke screen to cover up their own illegal activities. And as I had mentioned earlier, the foreign aid. This foreign aid, what's really about is money that comes flowing back into congressional campaign accounts, kickbacks. Uh, again, I'm as anti-corruption as it gets. Uh, if we really want to positively change and affect this country, we need to elect real leaders who will go there and be genuine and lead, not try selfless service, not self-serving. I'm not going to Congress to benefit myself or my family. I'm going to Congress to serve and to help the people of the north coast of Ohio. Rob Weber is his name, a candidate for the 9th Congressional District. He wants to remove Marcy Kaptur. He's got to get by some opponents in the primary on March 17th. One more time, the website, Rob. Rob Weber for Congress.com, West Point Weber. On Twitter at West Point Weber. Rob, I really appreciate you coming on today. Thanks for introducing yourself to this audience, and I wish you the very best. we got to get rid of Marcy Kaptur for the sake of this country and the people of the Ninth. Thank you so much, sir. God bless you, Bob, and everybody else. And you as well. Thank you. 1053, final segment, coming up, AM 1420, The Answer. All right, final segment. Let's get a few calls in before the uh, top of the hour. Sister Mary Grace in Old Brooklyn is next. Hi, Sister. Go ahead. Our God reigns, and we're in a war here between good and evil. We choose every day. We choose. And I'm so with Lenore and everything she said. Ah, about the yeah, about the halftime show and the uh, the representation of women yes. and uh, She's yeah, going to be in my I, prayer. Well, you know what? Uh, uh, we should all be in your prayers, please, if you think of it. Uh, give us a mention. I, do. <laughs> I would love to I be in your prayers. Do. 
But yeah, you're right. It is a war. There's a war for our soul. There's a war for our, our children's minds right. and for their future. Good and it is a, evil. Yeah, don't that's go right. With the 5G, don't go with it. I I completely agree, Sister Mary Grace. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Let me go to Donnie. Is in uh, South Euclid. Hey, Donnie, go ahead. Good morning, Bob. Hey, Donnie. I I just wanted to uh, tell you that um these 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 things I, I stopped watching the uh, Super Bowl halftime show. I don't know how many years ago because um I can't stand that that type of that type of music. The only way I'll ever watch a halftime show at the Super Bowl would be if they, if they, if they, if they, sh- if they uh, guessed the CCM music, which, just in case nobody knows, is contemporary Christian music. Or if they well, you know, I mean, it, it, there's more than just the, the the style of music, my man. Obviously, there's no accounting yeah. for taste. Some people like this kind, some people like that kind. But thank you for the call, my friend. The music, to me, is less the issue of the program than the visual spectacle they put on. From a big picture, it was a great spectacle of dancing. From the close-up pictures, it was a great sexualization of women and objectification of women that we are told is something we're supposed to be not doing. Um, wondering when the uh, lib- the uh, the uh, liberal feminists are going to speak up about that. Uh, last call from Frankenbrook Park. Hi, Frank, go ahead. Yeah. The halftime pornography literally promotes the crime of sex trafficking. Now, there was an FCC, the Federal Communications Commission. I don't know if it still exists, but if it does, I think the budget ought to be cut dramatically. And well, it definitely still exists. Yeah, the FCC definitely still exists. That's the reason why we can't use certain words on the radio um, that are right. considered to be profane and on television and so on. That's why we have delays. Um, but, but in terms of in terms of the sexualization, et cetera, et cetera, of the dancing, and I got a jet. Thank you, my friend, for the call. Um, I don't think that was that's going to be anywhere near FCC violations. Uh, they had just enough material in just the right places to cover just the right body parts or wrong ones, if you will, in order to stay compliant. That's where we're going to have to leave it. Thanks for being a great uh, part of a great conversation today. Mike Gallagher's next. We'll see you tomorrow. Enjoy the silence. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flint with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com